sure they're here for the movie they're definitely here for the movie i hope that people are actually actually i know for a fact that like nobody's looking at our instagram to be excited about these movies i don't know i think some people are i well that one person yeah he uh, seemed pumped he sent us the applauding emoji for the the little seat of chucky promo but for those of you who listen and aren't following us on Instagram, my question to you is, why not? Yeah, get on it. Because every Friday night when we uh, when we watch our bad movie, we promote it. So you would know what we're going to watch or what we're going to talk about two weeks in advance. Look at that. We're but, doing that for all you planners out there. Yeah, you know, if you want to watch before you listen to us talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit they deserve. I'm Nigel from ajourneyintofilm.com and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hey everyone. And this week, we are talking about the 2004 horror comedy, Seed of Chucky. Woo! <laughs> And I, you know, I wanted to point out, I meant to, uh, I, I had this thought this week. I hope that people listening to us actually know that the name of our podcast isn't just a title. It's what we do. That's right. Literally every Friday night, we go on a date for the sake of our relationship. And then we watch a bad movie for the sake of our relationship. For the sake of our relationship, <laughs> but also for you, the listeners. And because we like it. And because we like it. So <laughs> it is for the sake of our relationship. <laughs> Please ignore any barking background <laughs> barking noises. We've done everything that we can to block them out. But if I can hear them through these headphones, you can probably hear them on the microphone. Just... Ignore them. Just ignore them. Our dog's a little excited to talk about Seed of Chucky. Yeah. She's mad that we didn't bring her into the room with us. <laughs> she has, has some a lot thoughts. to say <laughs> on this movie. This, uh, so let's just throw out some interesting facts right away. This is the directorial debut of Don Mancini, the creator and writer of all of the Child's Play movies. And from this point forward, he directs all of the Chucky movies. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, an interesting first time. If he directed this movie and this was his first, I would not call him back. Yeah, I... Uh, well, I think there's a reason that this was the last Child's Play movie that was in theaters. Yes. And it's actually kind of surprising how much better the quality is of the Chucky movies after this one. Hmm. I don't recall them, so. Well, you said you like the one with the girl in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah, I did, know, yeah. Curse of Chucky. That was uh, the follow-up to That this. is, yeah, that's a lot better than this one. Right. Uh, we see Chucky return to his original form. He's not all scarred up and held together by staples anymore. He's actually scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> there is not a lot to say about this movie. Uh, I well, suffered through it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I think I said last week that Child's Play 3 was my least favorite of the series. And rewatching this one, I said, I hate this movie. It was painful to watch. I... 
did not care for this motion picture. No. I just kept thinking, is it over yet? It's got to be over soon. Not a lot happens in this movie. No. It is going to be... It takes, like, plays at, like, two scenes, or two different sets. Yes, we're going to talk about that. It... Yeah, it's going to be difficult to defend this movie or try to give it any sort of credit. Yeah, I won't be helpful in that regard, so good luck. Well, we're going to do what we can. (laughs) Do you have anything that you liked about the movie to kick us off, Caitlin? Nothing. No. Um, I thought the death scene with the guy who did the animatronics the for the Chucky dolls. Guy. Yeah. I thought his death scene was pretty cool. Better than any of the deaths in the last two movies, I Seed agree. and Bride. So I kind of liked that scene. And I weirdly liked the scene, even though it doesn't make sense. There's no reason for it. I mean, it's part of the movie. I know. I mean, it's part of the movie of the movie that they're making, which is why Basically, I'm saying I have no reason to like it, but I kind of did. The scene with the Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just kind of liked it. So part of the plot of this movie... The, so all of the attempts at being meta that the that Bride of Chucky made, this movie doubled down on it. So the premise of this one is that they are making a movie based on Chucky and Tiffany, the dolls, and... They the dolls come back to life for real. I I guess I don't. All you need to know is that they're making a movie about the dolls in this right. one. But and then Jennifer the dolls Tilly's are in it, and Jennifer Tilly's in it as herself, which is wild. Yeah, uh, the actor who plays the Santa Claus in the scene that they're filming for the movie, Jason Fleming, said that filming that scene was the lowest point of his career. That's so sad. Which is pretty sad. But it's also arguably one of the best scenes of the movie. I liked it. I I enjoyed it. I kind of want to see a, a Child's Play movie where they have a scene like that in yeah. it. Yeah. You know what else is a good scene? Where Glenn slash Glenda kills um, Jennifer Tilly's assistant w- with fire. And she falls down the stairs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where uh, you think that it's Tiffany the whole time, and then yeah. it turns out to be Glenda. I mean, I had questions about it. I just thought it was a cool death. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie leaves you with more questions than answers. I have so many questions about this movie. I hope you can answer all of them. I will do the best that I can. And uh, that's what we have to say about that. All right. I. Well, Okay. So talking about the fact that this movie looks like it was filmed in two different places, this movie was shot in Romania on the largest soundstage, and that was intentional because, for whatever reason, Don Mancini decided he wanted a callback to the older horror movies, which were shot on sound stages and were very clearly shot on sound stages. And said that he was inspired by Brian De Palma and Dario Argento. Caitlin, did you get those vibes from this movie? Actually, I could see the Dario Argento um, inspiration with some of the deaths. The blood spewing. Yeah, with the with the guy that gets his head cut off, I see that. The I think the most notable one being the dream sequence at the beginning that Glenn has. That's very Argento-esque. Yeah, Since we're following the POV of the killer the whole time. Right. Also, the scene uh, with the Santa Claus, they're, like, stabbing him and blood is spewing, you know, Yeah, there are copious amounts of gore in this one. Yeah. That spew everywhere. And that was a thing that, uh, that a lot of international... Uh, filmmakers did. They used copious amounts of blood spurts, which uh, the reality of which I believe is questionable. And it's not it's not something that you're going to see in like an American horror movie generally. Right. Like the the most amount of blood spurt is whenever they show the killer's face and they do that like that like 
splatter across them and mm-hmm. you're like oh you know blood shooting out but they never show the blood actually shooting out of them it's always like a trickle right so i was actually i'm glad that you pointed it out because when i read that i laughed a little bit uh-huh and thought well that's a bunch of crap but now you're second guessing that i'm at least second guessing the argento inspiration yeah brian de palma questionable yeah uh Granted, we have not watched as much of his movies as we have Argento Mm -hmm. because Argento is amazing. So good. Yep. We are those types of people. (laughs) Um, Here's a fun fact for you. All right. The role of Redman, played by Redman, was supposedly originally offered to Quentin Tarantino to play himself. That would have been weird. That would have been a fascinating movie. And arguably would have improved this movie tenfold. Mm, I feel like it would make Quentin Tarantino's career go in a weird direction. I mean... I'm glad he said no to this. But think about any movie that Tarantino's acted in. Yeah. Like From Dusk Until Dawn. And I know that He's you amazing. didn't see Desperado. But um, like Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. he has that little bit in it. No, he he's always, amazing. Right. He always plays like some kind of weird yeah. character. So just But in good movies. <laughs> yes uh, but like imagine him being himself yeah, in this movie or like his something. actor version of himself that'd be something it would be amazing picture him during the scene where uh uh tiffany kills red man right like that'd be so funny i mean it's i guess like tarantino and like a gangster rapper are two entirely different very people. different routes uh <laughs> But I, I could imagine him in the role, and I, th- I think I'd enjoy it. And uh, you know whose death I really liked in this movie? Who? John Waters. Pete Peters. The scummy paparazzi guy. Yeah. Who was cast in this movie because he likes them. That's pretty funny. I wish that I was famous enough to say, like, hey, I like these movies. And then Put the director would be like, okay, <laughs> you want to be in it? Yeah. What do I got to do? Oh, you die. You get acid poured on the top of your head, but only the side of your face is going to melt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good death, too. Yeah. I would say that seems kind of Argento-y, too. Yeah. I I want to say it's because of, like, the bright kind of neon-y colors. That's what I was thinking. But I, you could say that about any movie that gets that takes place in a dark room scene true now something i liked about this movie i thought the idea of two serial killers giving birth to a child who wants nothing to do with killing was fascinating yeah and i thought it was mildly humorous that they decided they were going to stop killing Mm -hmm. in order to raise their child but then they couldn't which uh, raises some interesting questions about behavior that this movie did not answer and was not prepared to answer. Right. That's funny you say that because I also had that same thought. And it, I was thinking during this whole movie, I was like, this kind of is interesting to the whole nature versus nurture psychological debate. Yeah, because... Glenn is, uh, I don't know what the right word to use is like terrified of hurting yeah. anything. Right. But then. But like, it has dreams about murdering people. Right. That caused him to wet his pants. Yeah, that was, that, that made me so, literally so mad. That he wet his pants or. Yes. That- like, like, why did you even add that? That's stupid. Well, I think it's uh, an easy visual representation of someone being afraid of something. It's stupid. It looks like one of those like dolls that you used to be able to buy at the store. Like like when I was a kid, they had all different types of baby dolls. Some mm-hmm. of them would like wet themselves. That's what it reminded me of. And it was so cheesy. And I always thought, who would want a baby doll that pees itself, idiots? So the doll... In the movie that would wet himself reminded you of 
dolls right. in real life that would right. And I always thought they were so stupid. I thought it was so like it was. It was number one gross. It was number two why. It didn't add anything for me. I thought the eye twitch was better. You know what is the strangest part about that whole thing? What? The movie very clearly establishes that he has no downstairs parts. Yeah. So where did the, the pee, pee come, come from? from? These are right. the hashtag where's where's the pee? <laughs> <laughs> Don Mancini, answer these answer questions. Answer our questions. Yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. But then the... Okay, so do you think that Glenda was part of him the whole time? Or, like, did his parents bring that out in him? Or... Uh, I think Glenda was part of him the whole time. You think so? Yeah. I think it was, like, his dream version. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I would have thought... It kind of would have been interesting if maybe this movie didn't have Tiffany or Chucky in it and it followed him dealing with these alternating personalities and not really knowing what was going on. Yeah, that could have been a better movie. Yeah. You know what I thought was a stupid joke in the movie? What? That he thought that they were Japanese because made in, made in Japan. Right. Also, you never see that on Chucky before. Right. And also Child's Play 2 establishes that he was made in Chicago. Right. Like literally the factory literally, is right. in Chicago. The fact, so we're just screwing everything. I mean, maybe Tiffany put like a different arm on him, like in Bride of Chucky when she was sewing him together. I don't I don't know. True, I guess, but why? Yeah. I just Honestly, probably the funniest joke in the entire movie is during the opening credits when they show Glenn in the womb and they show the made in Japan on there. Because, mm-hmm. like, very clearly he was not made in Japan. Right. He was made in a doll's body. Right. So. Speaking on that note, I just want to know, how did Tiffany give birth, not know that she gave birth, and then lost her child? Well, okay. So, Bride of Chucky ends... With Chucky and Tiffany being shot, and it supposedly kills them. And you remember the detective, like, she's still kind of, like, hanging on to life when the detective finds her. And then Glenn, like, fires out of her like a cannon. Yeah. And then, I guess... Like, he literally fires out of her all the way way to Britain? Well, no. I... I, I, It is question... Well, no, no, no. Because the guy said that he found... Glenn at the crime scene, which we need to talk about that in a second. It's, uh, and he was British. So he found Glenn in America, took him to okay. Britain, which I feel like is just their way of explaining why Glenn has an accent because he's voiced by Billy Boyd. Yeah. That's a whole thing. And, but I, I'm assuming that like for all intents and purposes, Chucky and Tiffany died. And Tiffany was dead after, you know, so maybe she was like delirious and didn't know that this thing just, you know, out of her. Okay, sure. It's not the most unbelievable thing, but okay. In a film series about a doll inhabited by the spirit of a serial killer using voodoo, it is not the most terrible thing. No. Or most unrealistic thing. Right. I think... So, okay. So the guy who finds Glenn, we cannot repeat the name that he gives to Glenn on his pod, on this podcast because we try to be a little family f- friendly. Right. Uh, it's a terrible name. Mm-hmm. He's a ventriloquist. And when we meet him, he is at some sort of international ventriloquist contest. Right, you know, the famous international ventriloquist contest. Right, and this guy is all gothed and punked up. I don't really know what subcategory he would fall into. Right. But, I mean, he looks like he's ready to perform at a death metal concert. Yes. And the rest of the crowd looks like they're there to attend a death metal concert. Yes. Which leads me to think that they put out a casting call for extras 
to be in a child's play movie and what you are seeing are in fact fans of the child's play movie who would likely not be fans of ventriloquism uh, you don't contest. know maybe in london there's like a underground gothic group that loves some ventriloquist i mean i'm not saying it's the most unrealistic part of this movie the <laughs> uh, it just was kind of funny that it was like this grungy fairgrounds in backwoods of england somewhere with like all of these people who looked like they were ready to watch like uh why are all of the metal band names escaping my head right now like ready for like a motorhead concert or uh cradle of filth or something you know who should have voiced glenn who noah fielding fielding that would have been wild (laughs) like so wild right glenn was voiced by billy boyd as i said earlier who is most famous for playing oh shoot i'm gonna get this wrong pippin in the lord of the rings he was one of the hobbits and to this day he is still best friends with dominic monaghan famous for lost Hmm. and lord of the rings in fact, he wrote some songs for Lord of the Rings, which is interesting. You know who else was in Lord of the Rings? Who? Brad Dourif, voice of Chucky. Was he really? Yeah, he played, um, oh, what's the character's name? Wormtongue or something like that? I don't I know. No he was idea. like some kind of sketchy advisor to the king. What? Yeah. So Brad Dourif is really f- interesting to me because he's this, like, amazing actor Mm -hmm. classically trained Mm -hmm. and he comes from this long line of classically trained actors like in the same realm as uh oliver reed and christopher lee and um peter cushing who are fantastic but yet they do these like low budget trashy horror movies like brad durf was mad well brad durf and don mancini were mad that they weren't included in the child's play remake but there's like a whole rights thing with it that we don't need to get into at this time (laughs) but the fact that he has returned to this character for 40 some years at this point or almost 40 years at this point that's dedication right and you know he i think i said last time he was in the exorcist 3 Mm -hmm. which is great he got a start with one flew over the cuckoo's nest great actor but also yeah. excels at being creepy. Yeah, yes, he does. Um, he was also in one of our favorite movies that we've talked about on the podcast, Urban Legend. Gas station attendant. Yes, the creepy gas station attendant who is definitely not a murderer. Right. <laughs> poor poor Brad Dourif. <laughs> and his daughter, Fiona Dourif, gets in on the action in Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, and she will be in the new Chucky TV show. Which, the same day that we watched this, a new trailer came out for, and I am unashamedly excited for this TV show. We'll see how it goes. I am unashamedly excited (laughs) for this TV show. Don't know how we're going to watch it yet, but I'm going to make it happen. All right. If you say so. Would you like to talk about what you didn't like about the movie? The way that Glenn slash Glenda looked. Okay. Why? (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it needs an explanation but i know that he was supposed to be creepy but like it didn't look like chucky or tiffany and why was his face so blue why did he have snake teeth honestly the snake teeth kind of like made him less creepy like chucky's real life looking teeth is more creepy to me than Glenn slash Glenda's snake teeth. Yeah, so not making him look like Chucky or Tiffany was intentional. Why? I don't really know the reasoning for it. Don Mancini didn't want him to look that way or look like either of them, but the producers said you have to, and so that's why they gave him blue eyes like Chucky, but they're like a different shade of blue eyes and the red hair. So that was like their way of like 
compromising on making him look like Chucky a little bit. I mean, he's a creepy looking doll, but I think Tiffany and Chucky are more creepy because he looks so non-lifelike. Yeah. That it makes him less creepy, in my opinion. Yeah, he almost actually kind of has human-like qualities to him that make him not creepy in a doll sort of way. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you ever do your research on why dolls are creepy? No, I did not. Good. I did your work for you. Oh, you're the best. So, I'm going to just throw some knowledge out there at you. All right. Hit me you with tell it. me if this makes sense. So, similar to my speculation last week about the uncanny valley, basically, we are very good humans innately at identifying faces. And there's part of us that when we identify a face, certain parts of our brain start firing off so that we can either identify with this person or try to identify the emotion that they're experiencing. That's how babies learn. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to babies Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, and so there's a lot of information that we read from faces. Mm -hmm. In fact, you can even like our, we're so capable of identifying faces that when we look at cars, we can see faces in, like, the front of cars. And, like, outlets and stuff. Yeah, or, like, outlets or different things. Like, yeah. like the general idea of a face is imprinted in our head. Interesting. And so somewhere between human and outlet is this, like, crossover called the Uncanny Valley where something is incredibly lifelike, but we know that it's not And so it kind of creates this sort of short circuit in our head where we don't know how to interpret something as whether it's friendly or if it's, like, you know, not. That's fascinating. And it's more, like, it's not necessarily that we find dolls uh, scary. It's that we find them creepy because creepy kind of overlaps with this area of the unknown. Like, we don't know what this things intentions are so it creates this sort of unease and creep in us that's so interesting and we are more likely to find dolls creepy when they are given expressions like smiling than we are if they have a neutral face huh and young children are also less likely to find dolls creepy than adults are because they are still learning faces that's so interesting I was thrifting yesterday, as you know. I do know. And we came across a doll in one of the back rooms of this thrifting place. And it was clearly meant to be a child's toy doll. Mm -hmm. But it was about probably the size of a young toddler. Mm -hmm. And that kind of made me question too does the size of a doll play a role in creep level because all of us thought it was very creepy and we were all like why would anyone have ever bought this doll why Mm -hmm. are you trying to sell it it is creepy right then we saw another doll at a different goodwill store and this doll was very small had a neutral face though, but had lifelike hair and was pretty creepy, but smaller. And I found it less creepy than the life-sized doll. I think, I think, uh, what you're experiencing are like some like variables in the interpretation of the let's call it a threat level Mm. so if something's bigger obviously you're gonna say oh if like your brain is saying like oh this is bigger Mm -hmm. i don't know how to interpret it it could be because of its size it is a larger threat to me than Mm -hmm. a doll that's like a quarter of the size Mm -hmm. so i think that i think what you're experiencing at least my hypothesis to use some science words Mm -hmm is uh, that you're 
you know, that's kind of a gray area for you versus like other people. They might think that it's not as creepy. That's probably why I didn't ever want one of those like giant Barbie dolls you could get. Yeah. I no, I'll stick to my small, normal sized Barbies. Because if it attacks you like in the movie Small Soldiers, you can <laughs> survive. Right. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating stuff. Yeah. Thanks and I would say you're welcome. That's why I don't think Chucky is creepy in these two movies. I think he's much creepier in all of the other movies mm-hmm. because he's got that neutral smiling face. Mm-hmm. He's not all scarred up. Like mm-hmm. it, the fact that he's all scarred, we know. Oh, he's this bad. Is, th- he's that a bad. tells us he's. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Wow. Whereas like Tiffany. Tiffany has a scowl most of the time. Yeah. So she's, you know, that way. I would say that Glenn, for me, is genuinely more creepy than both of them, but he annoys the nonsense out <laughs> of me. He is very annoying. Yes. I mean, if I saw him in a back room and I saw Chucky in a back room, I would be like, oh, for sure both of them are possessed, but Glenn is way more possessed than Chucky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a higher likelihood of it. Right. Like, I remember when Spencer's Gifts was selling replicas of the dolls whenever Mm -hmm. this movie came out in my youth. And uh, Glenn was way creepier to me. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, So... And, okay, so something else that I think is kind of interesting. Don Mancini is gay, apparently. And he, when he was writing the screenplay for this, which was originally titled Son of Chucky, which makes way more sense. Seed is gross. (laughs) In fact, the title sequence, well, I don't, well, it's gross. Um, He wanted to, he intentionally wanted to explore some of those LGBT themes with Glenn, which is why he modeled him after the Edward Wood Jr. movie, Glenn or Glenda. That makes sense. Which is about an individual dealing with cross-dressing. Don't have time to talk about that on here. That's a whole nother podcast. That is a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Maybe we should do an Ed Wood series at some point. Ooh. We could even talk about the Tim Burton movie to cap it all off. There we go. Be fun. Yeah. I think we should do more uh, more filmmaker series on here. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Can't wait to do the Andy Milligan series with you because you're going to hate me afterward. Oh, great. What else didn't you like about this movie? Well, I, I felt like it. I had a lot of questions. Some I already asked, you know, how Tiffany didn't realize that she was pregnant and gave birth and... Whatever, I guess all that makes sense if you want it to. Um, didn't understand where the giant holes that were in their backs to make them animatronics went. Remember? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. like, they had that, like, plug thing, and then he goes to take her back off. Like, maybe it disappeared whenever they became repossessed. Maybe, I guess. That was a interesting choice of I don't really know what to call it but when Tiffany and Chucky come back to life the the special effects guy goes to open up Tiffany's back and it's like living tissue underneath yeah. her plastic question mark right back even though they seem like they're kind of rubbery yeah that was interesting I mean yes. we've known from since like the first one that Chucky is like this weird doll fleshy hybrid thing. Mm -hmm. But I think this is the first time that really kind of showed it. Yeah. I mean, apart from them bleeding whenever they are chopped to bits. Right. I don't know. No. So that was just kind of another question I had about this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess they followed the plan. So no real questions there. It was a pretty simple plan. It was a pretty simple plan. So, sure, that made sense. I don't know why having... Because if, for all intents and purposes, Chucky is human on the inside, I don't know why putting his semen in um, 
Jennifer Tilly would make her have an accelerated birth. But I guess because sure. Tiffany's birth was accelerated in the first one. But that's because she's in a smaller doll body, so that kind of makes sense. But if you just have like real human semen and you insert it into a woman, that yeah, is human. but it's kind of like hybrid at the, that point. And so then, wouldn't it give birth to a hybrid thing? That makes more sense than having just a faster baby, right? I, I don't think we're supposed to understand the logistics of voodoo pregnancies, well, good, which is how they I explain it in the movie. <laughs> It's a voodoo pregnancy. It oh, happens okay. faster. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then I also had one more question. You're doing great. Okay. How did the switch... F- so when Glenn slash Glenda finds Chucky and Tiffany, he just repeats the words on the back of the amulet. Yeah. That he finds. That he had since he was born. Right. Which also, sure. Okay. Whatever. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But okay. And he just repeats the three words on the back and that brings them to life. Whereas when uh, Tiffany wants to put her body into Jennifer Tilly, she has to go through the whole thing that we see in all the other films. Like, blah, 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 blah. Give me the power I beg of you. Blah, blah. And then... It takes a lot longer than Glenn slash Glenda just saying those three words and bringing them back to life. Because uh, because the plot demanded it. <laughs> well, that is not a good answer. I I know, but I guess the words on the back of the amulet are to wake people up. But you got to know the whole spiel, like a, a different spiel to switch bodies because it's like different. Because apparently this new animatronic Chucky and Tiffany had their souls in them, but weren't woken up yet. I don't know. Okay. Also. We can just say that it's voodoo magic. How did Chucky mail his arm to his son? Well, I mean, he still has one other arm. So, (laughs) you know, he can like. And then why? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Why not just mail your whole body? I mean, this movie already establishes that the uh, that these dolls are capable of mailing themselves. Right, but just mail your whole body then. Y- yeah, but I, I think it's kind of like a threat, you know? Like whenever you mail someone like a bullet or something, you're like, oh, I'm coming for you. But how's he going to get that, ear, that arm back? I don't know. It was just like, well, is he going to mail his arm back to his Well, body? I think he's just going to find a new good guy doll ba- body. Oh, okay. Because, you know, there are copious amounts of those just... Right. Everywhere. That doll must have been really popular. Yeah, it was. They Andy From had a hard 80s time. From the eighties to nineties to 2000s. Yeah, Andy had a hard time finding one, okay. and that's because they sold out everywhere. In my history of doll knowledge, the doll's not going to stay popular for thirty years. But what do I know? Right. Uh, oh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Don Mancini was loosely inspired by the Cabbage Patch doll hysteria whenever he wrote the first Child's Play. Really? Yeah, which isn't entirely surprising, but like... Those things are creepy. I never liked them. Yeah. But not as creepy as like a porcelain doll. Oh, for sure. Because their features are a little bit more um, exaggerated. Yeah, for sure. I... So uh, the one thing... Actually, let's go back for a second. One thing I really like about this movie is that at the end, Chucky's like you know what? Why do I keep trying to put myself in a human body? I am a doll that can live forever. And as soon as he said that, I thought, why didn't you think of this like four movies ago? Right. Why did we waste five movies on the same plot? Right. And uh, I think it made it more interesting. Even though I think in Cult of Chucky, he tries to get into Fiona Durov's body. Right. It, uh, he never learns anything. No. But... Based on the trailer for the Chucky TV show, it sounds like he is content being in dolls now. Because he just, it sounds like he's just throwing his soul everywhere at this point. (laughs) So that'll be interesting to see. Do you have anything else that you don't like about this movie? What was not done well? 
what wasn't done well, the CGI for sure. Oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about that yet. There are egregious amounts of CGI in this movie. And they look so bad. It is And it's noticeable. unnecessary. Yes. Case in point, the CGI door. Yes. During the opening nightmare scene, the door is CGI. Why? Don't know. How about the just random spider on a spider web? Oh, CGI. yeah. There's like a CGI spider in Why? one point. Uh, there's like a CGI Chucky who is creeping around that they used multiple times in the movie. So it's not even it's like they just copy and pasted that. It did not work. No, very well. it was bad. And it wasn't even like that kind of like stylized CGI from the 90s where you think like, uh, I guess we can live with this because it was early enough. Like, no, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It was so bad. So bad. Yeah. It was just about as bad as the opening title sequence. Yes. I did not care for the plot of this movie. I thought it was too simple. I thought including... I thought that including Jennifer Tilly, like real life Jennifer Tilly, was interesting. Mm -hmm. But it, like, only... For me, it only got as far as, like, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I didn't really care for the execution. No, I would say having Jennifer Tilly in this kind of just made it silly. Er. Yeah, it's like, so, like, between the two, Bride of Chucky, I thought, was funnier. Yes, agreed. Whereas this one was trying too hard to be funnier. Mm -hmm. And, like, like, a lot of the comments that the movie made about itself and the series in general fell flat because they were just observations and not really jokes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the last thing that I have to say about that. Do you want to skip over to your dating corner? Ooh, time for my dating corner. Okay. So here is my dating advice. Dating advice. With Caitlin. Okay. My dating advice is do not be a hoe bag. <laughs> like she Jennifer Tilly was like sleeping around with everybody but then acted like she was not yeah I think she was willing to sleep with Redmond to get a part in a movie she was meanwhile she was like leading her chauffeur on yeah I like how even at the end he never really told her that he loved her and also who loves a hoe bag okay so just don't do that. Just don't. Just be a better person. Just don't be a hoe bag. Right. I don't know if she actually was. I think that was an image that she put on to... No, because she making out with her chauffeur. Then she going to sleep with Redmond to get her part. That's a hoe bag. I think that she Take was hesitant man. to sleep with Redmond. Okay, well, she started it. We don't, we don't know if she would have finished it. Probably she passed would've. out because of Tiffany. Doesn't matter. She was being a hoe bag. Okay. Don't get me started on this, Nigel. I'm, you know what? I'm going to shut my mouth. Good. Okay. Here's my fun question, which I'm pretty excited about. I, okay. Um. Okay. So if my body was, if, Basically, a doll transferred their soul into my body. But I was still alive and looked like me. Would you stay with me? It depends. Over If overnight you started threatening to murder me. <laughs> uh, no threats of murder. Just I have a doll's soul in my body now. Would you look and sound the same? Yeah. I mean, how would I know that you were... Maybe like I would start doing like like I would be have different interests and stuff. Oh, um. But it was me. Would you help me get my body back, my soul back? I I don't know. I it depends on like did I find <laughs> out that you were a doll in your body? Yeah. Like, oh okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would try to find, figure out how to do that. You would. Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about this, but uh, <laughs> for sake of time, I'm just going to say, yeah, I would do that. Oh, okay, okay, thank you. Like, I'd do it for you. How did this happen? <laughs> do I have to do black magic? 
Am I going to have to invite our friends over to perform a ritual? Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, stuff like that. Right. Those are my questions. Uh, what doll is in your body? <laughs> Who, where did this, where did the doll's soul come from? All fair questions. All fair questions. Do all dolls have souls? Things like that. Right. Um, also, I, it, it might be interesting to see what those doll's interests are. You know, oh, like, you might you, like them more than me. No, I'm not saying I would like them more than you. That's but what I heard. That's okay. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know, what is this doll someone that we're going to want to hang out with after we put the soul <laughs> back in their body? Should we find a romantic interest for this doll? <laughs> uh, should I be filming everything to turn it into a documentary? Absolutely. Uh, I have so many, so many questions, no answers. <laughs> and yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for not getting rid of me. Oh, I wouldn't get rid of you. <laughs> I think you... Just make questions on this so that you can <laughs> have me affirm my love for you in front of our 17 downloaders. And I have uh, physical proof, so. <laughs> I'm just going to cut this section out. Hey, now. So that was my question for you. Here's my other question. You have more than one question again? Always. If you were a doll and you needed to put your soul into a famous celebrity, had to be a famous celebrity... What celebrity would it be? All right. So here are my two immediate thoughts. One, you can't pick someone that's old. Oh, okay. Because they're gonna they're not gonna be around much longer. True. I didn't think about that. I just thought I would want my body to be in this person. Who would you pick? Do you have a guess? No, I don't. <laughs> Joe Bob. <laughs> you would pick uh, someone who's a different gender from you? Yeah, just because I love him so much. Oh, okay. No, because <laughs> I would want Joe Bob to still be Joe Bob. No, I want to be Joe Bob. What, well, I mean, why wouldn't you just pick Darcy so that you could work with him? <gasps> and then you could be Joe Bob. No, I wouldn't want to be Joe Bob. I uh, want Joe Bob to stay Joe Bob. Fine. Fine. I'll be Darcy. My other thought was you can't pick someone who's like a child star. Right. Because their lives suck. Yeah. Don't pick a child star. And you know, you're, you're basically setting yourself up for failure at that point. You might as well pick someone older who's going to die. Right. So who's like an up and coming star who's not too old, but not too young. I don't have an answer. Well, I'm going to be Darcy and I vote that you're Joe Bob. So, you know how I would be? Who? The music guy. On oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or Yuki. Yuki. No, he's I mean, older. if we had to work together, or maybe someone who just works at Shutter. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. <gasps> but I mean, they're not really like a famous person. True, true. But you could be like, be an executive at like one of your favorite companies. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. But then, you know, then I'm not really a famous person true, again. True. I think I would pick someone like Matt Smith. Oh, that's a good one. You know, mm-hmm. kind of younger, but mm-hmm. not too old. Right. He's not like an obscene amount of famous either. Right. So he kind of like, you know, like, okay. Because uh, here's the other thing. I'm thinking about this in being John Malkovich terms. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're taking over this person's life at right. that point. And right. just because you're inside their body doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do what they do. True. True. So, you know, I'm not if, you know, whose actor, like what actor's career would I want to ruin to take over <laughs> their body? That's the other question I have. Well, I selfishly vote Darcy so I can work with Joe Bob. You know what? You do what you want to do. Lifelong dreams right there. Great. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other thoughts that you would like to share to wrap us up? Do not watch this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot recommend this movie. No, 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 uh, no. There are, like I said, there are some interesting things going on here. Mm-hmm. And if you're a completionist and you want to watch the entire Child's Play series, like, you can't really skip it. All the unfortunately. Lefty, yeah. Just know that this is a low point in the series, mm-hmm. similar to Child's Play 3. Ar- arguably lower. This movie has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score and a higher Metacritic score than Child's Play 3. 
but Child's Play 3 has a higher IMDb score, if that matters to any of you listening. It doesn't matter to us. No. But just to paint a picture of what the rest of the world thinks about this one. Yeah, can't recommend it. No. Lots of interesting ideas. Solid attempt. Good job, Don Mancini, uh, for your first directorial debut. Good job making, what, eight movies in the Child's Play series at this point? Good Seven. For you. Seven movies plus a TV show coming out. Good job. You've stuck with it this long. Keep going. Um, I'll still love this franchise as long as I can. And that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> I'm excited for our next movie in our Deadly I Doll am series. Glad it's not a Chucky film. Yeah, you should be glad. Although I found out it might be in Spanish, so that'll be interesting. Oh boy. Oh uh, boy. yeah. 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 Anyways, thank you for listening. As always, we encourage our audience to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts because we don't want you to ever miss an episode. In fact, head over there, leave us a review, give us five stars, tell us what you like about it and what you don't like, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film where we share the movies that we talk about on a weekly basis along with some other fun things sometimes. And if you want to support the show financially, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to T public and check out some sweet t-shirts. Actually, you know, the weather's getting colder out there. You can actually get a hoodie version of some of our stuff. I want a hoodie version of, is this movie a secret masterpiece? That would actually be really cool. I kind of wanted the baseball tee of that one. So I was thinking about getting us that. Yes, we order our own merch (laughs) and no one knows what it's for. The links for those are available in the show notes. In fact, uh, as we get closer to Christmas, maybe our Christmas design will be available again. Woohoo! We really only have one design for Christmas, but, you know, it's fun. We should mix it up this year. We should. And as always, don't let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. Bye-bye.